it's a pleasure to be uh, with all of you today, people I deeply admire, so I'm happy to be here. Um, I've been thinking a lot about whether Europe has its own project or is Europe's project merely an appendage of the project of the United States. In Brussels, for those who are interested, there is an official museum of Europe, a place of memory, it's called, which tells the story of the continent in three phases. The first phase from the year 1000 to 1500 is that of Latin Christianity, which ended with the 16th century religious wars. The second phase, that of the 18th century enlightenment, gripped the continent in a struggle over reason, culminating and ending with the French Revolution of 1789. The first project of Europe was held together by Christianity, while the glue for the second was rationality. Both were projects that did not seek legitimacy from the vast mass of Europe's peoples. These were projects from above. The third great project of Europe, which emerges after World War II, is that of the construction of the European Community and the European Union. Strikingly, while the first two projects were held together by Christianity and then by rationality, the third project, the current project of Europe, has not been able to say what holds it together. Europe is a set of laws and institutions with a limited ambition. Perhaps this limited ambition results from Europe's embarrassment at its long history of colonial barbarity and its shorter history of fascist brutality. Europe's limited ambition was partly due to the self-suffocation self of the ambitions of its ruling classes, who sheltered under the hegemony of the United States. This self-suffocation manifests itself in Europe's continued desire to yoke itself to the aspirations of the United States to dominate world affairs. Europe built its own institutions, but these remained shells, unwilling to go outside what was permitted by Washington. Security measures had to be surrendered to NATO, controlled effectively by the United States. Financial arrangements could be shaped by the European Central Bank but its leadership had one eye on the capitals of Europe and one eye focused on the US Treasury Department. From its origins, the European project has suffered from far too much dependence on the programs of the United States. Not only has the project suffered, the European project, not only has that suffered, but also the European peoples have suffered. In a matter of a few years, the United States cut off energy supplies for Europe from three of its main suppliers of energy. The cutoff taking place through the sanctioning of Iran and of Russia, and then the war against Libya. The US-driven agenda to challenge Russia in Eastern Europe and to reshape the Middle East meant that Europe now struggles to meet its energy requirements. Was there any pushback from the European state system 
nothing. Which government in Europe decided to openly challenge the United States regarding its belligerent move to expand NATO to include Ukraine? Which government challenged the ridiculous sanctioning of Iran? Which government stood up and said that the bombardment of Libya would create terrible problems for North Africa? None, nobody, crickets. The European state system largely followed like the poodle of the United States. The population of Europe suffers from this close alignment with the United States, but the elites seem unfazed. Now the elites and the European state system has jumped on board the US hybrid war on China. Lots of noise is made about human rights, Hong Kong, Taiwan, and so on. Much of this noise coming not from Europe per se, and this is thanks to Brexit, but from the United Kingdom, which held Hong Kong as a colony with no human rights or democratic liberties from 1841 to 1997. There is so much noise about Xinjiang, most of this coming from governments that colluded with the US archipelago of black sites and torture centers during the war on terror, and which colluded with the US wars of destruction in Afghanistan, Iraq, and Libya. When is Europe going to look in the mirror before it points fingers at the rest of the world? So much self-righteous noise coming from the European capitals. And then the stunning realization that this noise, this largely unedified noise is going to impact the economies of the European project. Sudden, sudden surprise. 95% of the world's magnesium comes from China, 95%. As a result of the pandemic, as a result of the European sanctions against China, and as a result of the Chinese government's cutback on reliance on coal-fired plants, magnesium exports to Europe have slumped. Germany and the Czech Republic, the countries that make cars, automobiles, which rely on magnesium, Germany and the Czech Republic suddenly woke up to the fact that the US-inspired sanctions will directly impact their car makers. So Angela Merkel and Babis rushed to a press conference to say this and to say that, but not to say that the US inspired and the US imposed hybrid war is bad for Europe. That would have been far too direct. Easier to say urgent action, supply chains, millions of jobs, verbiage that satisfies the journalists, but will have no material impact on a declining economic reality. China, not the United States, is Germany's largest trading partner and has been so for the past five years. It needs to be said that China is the European Union's second biggest trading partner behind the United States and that the European Union is one of China's biggest trading partners. These interlinked connections are threatened by the escalating Cold War. Will the European project be able to craft an independent, non-aligned, 
foreign policy. Can Europe be rational regarding Russia and China, engaging them outside the imperatives of US national interest and the existential demands of multilateral, multi, multi, uh, multinational corporations? The European Union is to have a summit with China very soon. This will be the first summit since the March sanctions levied by the European Union on China. European Council President Charles Michel said, dialogue remains crucial. This is a fundamental statement. Dialogue remains crucial. What will be the mood of the summit? Will the European state system follow the lead of the United States government and go for confrontation? That's one option. Will Europe take that road? Or will Europe take the road offered by Dr. Tedros, the head of the World Health Organization, who said collaboration, not confrontation? Which road will Europe take? The road of confrontation? The road to what Victor Gao called Armageddon? Or will Europe go down the road of collaboration? The road which is preferable to the billions of people on the planet who want more collaboration and less confrontation. I hope the European state system will opt for collaboration rather than confrontation. It is the only rational way forward. No Cold War, more collaboration, no confrontation. Thanks a lot.